0: Welcome to this ADHD Life, a podcast for people with ADHD, those who love them, and yes, even those who are struggling to love them. This is episode two, recorded May 17th, 2016. My name's Keith, fellow ADHDer. I am also an ADHD coach in training. This show is meant for anybody with ADHD, but also the people who support us. I truly believe the more people that know about ADHD and how to help us minimize the negatives, the better off all of our ADD lives will be. Today's show is called ADHD Preschool because I've been talking to a few newly diagnosed ADHDers, and I've realized that sometimes it's really difficult to find information on the subject. And I think there's a number of different reasons for that. I'll be going through them throughout the show. So let's talk about what ADHD is. Uh, it is considered a disorder uh, by the DSM Uh, which is the sort of Bible of psychiatric and psychological practices. It is called ADHD. At one point in time, it was called ADD. Uh, It is now officially ADHD. There is no ADD, uh, but there are now types of ADHD. So there's the inattentive type, there's the hypertype, and the combined type. Primarily, inattentive types are the ones that you can think of put coffee on top of their car and then drive away without it or can never find their keys or spin around to do something, notice something else to do um, and do that instead of what they're intending to do. Uh, Memory problems, things like that. Um, certainly emotional outbursts sometimes. It, it has a range of symptoms. Hyperactivity is probably pretty self-explanatory. It's the you know, kid that can't sit still in school, or it's the adult that has to be on the move all the time in order to absorb information. And then the combined type probably makes sense. It is a combination where a person exhibits both characteristics, both inattentive and hyperactive. What ADHD is not is a death sentence. Let me repeat that. What ADHD is not is a death sentence. And I say that because a lot of times as a newly diagnosed add people get this sense of doom that this is going to be it for the rest of my life. There is no improvement. But I think the the main reason is that there is a stigma about ADHD in our society. It's not something that's really talked about. And in my experience, at least, it's talked about in a sarcastic sense. I'm sure everybody listening to this show has a friend that goes, oh, well, it was just my ADD, as if they don't believe a condition really exists, or they're trying to make an excuse and pinning it on a syndrome, whether that they don't know that they have. It's almost a joke, I think, sometimes in today's society. It's a don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. And I think it speaks overall to the mental health stigma in our country and around the world. Mental health issues just are not talked about and accepted as much as physical disability issues. And so it's really tough to disclose. Um, There's a big debate sort of out there whether you should disclose or not. I don't have an opinion other than to say that you have to trust who you're disclosing to if you decide to do that. But it's not something that you have to run out and yell. You don't have to wear the I have ADHD and I love Adderall t-shirt. What's interesting to me is kind of a comparison that I can make in my mind to that of the gay rights or gay acceptance movement that has happened over the course of my lifetime. I know that when I was a teenager, I didn't know any gay people, or if I did, they were looked down upon. It wasn't something certainly that you necessarily went out and disclosed to your employer. Certainly some areas like New York, San Francisco, larger cities, you might, but where I grew up in Connecticut, that's not something that you would have said to an employer, certainly not something you would have said in school. I fast forward. Yeah, 20 years, just two decades. And if you think about it, it it is now relatively accepted that there's a biological cause uh, for homosexuality and the acceptance of being gay has increased. There are certainly debates around uh, gay marriage and uh, gay adoption, stuff like that. But even those not in favor of such things generally are sort of easier and accept the gay uh, lifestyle more so than they would have 20 years ago. If I think about where the ADHD acceptance is in our society, it's sort of where gay rights were about 20 years ago. Sure, we knew there are biological markers, it's proven there are medications that work, all like that. But the acceptance of ADHD really is about 20 years behind. However, I can already see changes. Um, I can see, for example, uh, at the CHAD conference this year, and CHAD is an organization that supports parents and children with, a, with ADHD. They do some adult support, but they're, they're primarily child-focused. They had a one of 15 million campaign. That's right. $15 million, and they tried to promote ADHD uh, as an awareness cause, and the month of October was ADHD Awareness Month. I think that is huge for the community. The more that we know about ADHD, the more that it's accepted, the more we can accept it in ourselves. I mentioned CHAD, the other organization that is prevalent in the uh, community in the U.S. at least, is called ADA. It's the Attention Deficit Disorder Association, uh, and they uh, support adults primarily, uh, virtual peer support groups, articles, webinars, things like that. I'll have links to both of the organization in today's show notes, which, by the way, it's probably a good time to mention show notes can be found at thisadhdlife.com slash podcast slash two, and that's the number two. The stigma can also lead to denial. Uh, I know I've talked to quite a few people that sort of have an acceptance of ADHD and that makes a lot of sense, particularly if you're an adult, it makes a lot of sense as to what happened in your teens and 20s. But there can also be a denial with a, a newly diagnosed person that, yeah, that sort of represents me, but I don't need to write everything down because I can just get better at it. Or I don't need a bowl for my keys and wallet every time that I come in the door because I won't put my keys in the refrigerator. That's, that's just not going to happen. Now that I know I have ADHD and I'm on medicine and I'm reading all these newsletters, I don't need to actually use the tools as if somehow information is going to overcome uh, the ADHD in and of itself. And, and the funny thing is there's research that the more that you start seeking help and you start using systems specifically, the more that your brain wiring can change a little bit. Your brain can actually ignite certain areas that were previously dormant the more of this stuff you get into. they not quite like building a muscle and the, the research is so new, but it, it is something to keep in mind. I've also seen the idea of blame versus acceptance. And I touched on this a little bit when I mentioned how quick people are to claim they have ADD every time they forget something. And that's sort of a blaming mentality. Like we're quick to blame ADHD, but there is also an acceptance of ADHD and it goes beyond accepting what happened previously that may have been ADHD related. It speaks to accepting what you're good at and what you're not good at. I would say accept what you're good at more than what you're not good at and let the not good at go. So what I mean by that is there are some things I am not good at. I don't do well in a mall food court. The amount of noise around there just sends my cortisol levels up. It stresses me out. I can't concentrate. It makes me agitated. Uh, There's no amount of medication I can take to to not have that be the case. And all of the temptations around me in that food court area lead to poor food choices for me. And I would like to say that my impulse control is better and that I am better at not making those choices. And that's true, but I also know that a negative environment for me or something I'm not good at is visiting a mall food court. All of us as ADDers and frankly, humans have these things we're not good at. And somehow we are taught that we have to do them until we're good at them. And if we're not good at them, it doesn't matter. You have to do them anyway. That's not to say there are certain things that you do have to do you got to turn in your taxes every year. But that could mean hiring a tax accountant because you are not good at turning in your taxes. You just hate doing it. You might be terrible at housekeeping If you can get some friends to help you clean your house, make it a little bit more interesting for you, make it a little bit more of a party. And then if you do that, maybe the next weekend, you might go help someone else garden. And the following weekend, you might help someone, I don't know, clean their car. So there's a power in community as well. And it's not just with your ADHD friends. I'm a huge proponent of trying to make some ADHD friends. But it's about helping each other, recognizing what you're not good at and saying, you know what? I could use some help with that, and I'm worth having that help. At the end of the day, the thing to realize and take away from this episode is that you're not alone if you're an ADHD or someone who loves them or someone who's struggling to love them. And I had some feedback from a friend of mine that said maybe I should leave that struggling to love them out. But I will tell you that that very often is the case with loved ones, particularly at the new diagnosis stage. Your loved ones will go through sort of the same grief process that you might go through with a new diagnosis. They'll start to accept some things, but they might deny some things. They might think that uh, you're not trying hard enough to do something when it's actually the ADHD. They'll go through an anger, uh, all of the stages and finally come to an acceptance. And acceptance is what we want. It's what we want for ourselves. It's what the loved ones need to come to. It's what our society has to come to. You must understand that there are some things that you're not going to do as well as neurotypicals, but you will bring so much to the party, literally to the party. Sometimes ADHDers are the life of the party. Some of our best entertainers are... ADHDers. It is no secret that when we really love to do something and we can hyper focus on it, we can knock out amazing work. Some of the biggest innovations in our society today have come from ADHDers, whether or not they realized it or were diagnosed. There are strengths to ADHD, it is not just a negative condition. I really try not to focus on the negatives, but I will tell you the downsides to having society not recognize ADHD a little bit more. Above all of this sort of unwillingness to seek help, Unfortunately, people with ADHD tend to have a higher suicide rate. We have higher teen pregnancies. We have a higher chance of being paid less at a job or being fired from jobs or changing jobs real frequently, and we have a higher incidence of car accidents. I'm not saying that taking medication and putting some tools in place will dramatically change these things, but I do believe that acceptance can help. If you know that you might be at risk for depression and, and negative self-esteem due to the condition, you can seek help for it. You can talk about it. If I were asked to give some tips to a newly diagnosed add or The first thing I would say is to have a collection point at your front door area. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I can tell you if I get from the little linoleum area onto my carpet with my wallet still in my pocket, and yes, I can tell because I have a little bit of a hypersensitivity to fabrics and things, which is also something common to ADD or sometimes, I kind of freak out a little bit. If I get to my office and it's still there, I can feel it. It's just like if I try to drive without a seatbelt, it drives me nuts. It's a habit I've gotten into, and if you want to kick it up a little bit, putting a piece of paper with you or even tucking one inside of your wallet, you never have to use it if you don't want to, but you'd be surprised at the times that just having it with you will kind of trigger your memory that you have it and will help you use it. It's kind of a silly trick, but that's the first thing I would would definitely say to any new ADDer. Medicines tend to be the first form of treatment most people encounter, but it's not the only form of treatment. It's about lifestyle changes. Uh, It's about ADHD coaching sometimes, it's about mindfulness, some people do yoga, it's about exercise, which as a person that doesn't like exercise, I didn't want to hear yet again, it's about exercise. And guess what? It's also about diet. Uh, If you eat a lot of sugary foods, it's going to exacerbate hyperactivity, it's going to exacerbate inattentiveness. Now, I'm not going to advocate a clean foods diet or a raw foods diet or vegan or anything like that. But I can say, if you can be a little bit more mindful in your choices, like maybe not having the Snickers bar, but having the handful of peanuts instead at three o'clock when you're a little bit snacky, that can actually help you with ADHD as well. Give yourself space. Uh, It's something I'm going to tell you I struggle with and it's so, so valuable. And what I mean by space is we can tend to have so many ideas and love so many of them that we don't take time for reflection and and frankly sleep. And yeah, sleep issues are a thing with ADHD as well uh, for some people, but you have to give yourself some space, whether it's just five minutes a day to think about how your day went, you know, write down what happened that was good. Maybe write down a few of the challenges. Just give yourself the space to like, just kind of disconnect from the world and connect into yourself. One of the things I am trying to do in this vein is each time I walk through the door when I put my wallet and keys in the bowl in my coat closet, I close the door and I see a post-it note that says breathe. And just doing that has changed my energy. If, if I don't do that, what I do is I walk into the office with my wallet in my pocket I dump the receipts out, go back, put it in the bowl, figure out what is the most pressing thing on my to-do list to do and just immediately start. But when I stop and, and really breathe and think about what I want to do next, I don't care about the next pressing thing on my to-do list because I may realize I just had a stressful time running errands and what I want to do is lay down for 15 minutes and read. I set a timer and do that. The other thing, and, and I mentioned this with the post-it note, Triggers. You can't expect yourself to develop a habit overnight and you cannot will yourself into it. You cannot memorize your way into it. I would argue that most NTs cannot do that either, but particularly with ADHD. If you want to remember, you're going to remember it, but you can't. So you need to set reminders. Mine's a post-it note right now. Next week, I'm going to be setting an alarm for every couple hours with a little prompt to just sort of pause and do that breathing again. And that's to make sure that what I'm focusing on is what I want to focus on right then. And this alarm that I'm going to put into place is just a trigger to, to get myself to realize every couple of hours that I should stop and go, what am I thinking about right now? What am I doing right now? Is this what I want to be thinking about and doing? And I might not have the solution if the answer is no, but unless I know the answer to that question, I can't possibly formulate a solution. If I'm thinking something negative, I, yeah, maybe the answer is I just need to get up and go outside and walk outside. Uh, there was a time last week that I, I literally stepped onto my balcony and went, oh my God, today was such a nice day. I really would have loved to have spent the day out here. Had I paused, I have a feeling I might have stepped onto that balcony sooner in the day and I would have spent more of my time there and as a result, had a better day. Set yourself up with triggers. I mentioned post-it notes. I'm a huge fan of reminders. Uh, The problem with reminders is those can become overwhelming as well. So if you have too many dings and bloops going off during the day, you can tend to ignore them. So try to be intentional with them. Set one at a time, maybe two, and get rid of them once you have the habit. It might take a year, and then replace it with some other habit you're wanting to build. I appreciate your tuning in for this episode of This ADHD Life. I'm not quite sure I gave out as much information as I would like. I'm still going to call it ADHD Preschool. Because I did cover what ADHD is with a few tips and whatnot, but I think this is going to become an ongoing discussion. If there's anything that you would like me to discuss on the show, you can go to thisadhdlife.com contact. Likewise, if you go to that same page, this slash contact, you'll find a way to be a guest on the show. If you happen to be an expert in an area of ADHD and you'd like to sit down and talk with me about your knowledge of ADHD, I'm happy to do it. And I am also really junging to start my other podcast, which will be me interviewing fellow ADHDers. So, if you'd like to be a guest on that show, if you'd like me to interview you, and whether you're a neurotypical and you just want to talk about ADHDers in your life and your experience, or an ADHDer, again, thisadhdlife.com/contact and just choose the right link, fill in your information, and I hope to be speaking with you soon. Show notes in the comment area for this episode can be found at thisADHDlife.com slash podcast slash two. And remember, that's the number two. We also have a Facebook page, so please do like us at facebook.com slash thisADHDlife. And above all, remember to give yourself some space, be compassionate towards yourself. Remember, if you can't do that for yourself, you're not going to be able to do it for others. So you have to take care of yourself first. Have a great couple weeks.